Hello and welcome to another edition of American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. With you as always is your co-host Jeremy, and with me as always is... The co-host Michael. Jeremy, how have you been doing? Uh, I got the the Jesus beaten out of me by a physical therapist on Friday. It hurt, oh. re- it, it hurt real bad, but you know what? I can touch my collarbone. <laughs> that's improvement. It is improvement. It's it's pretty intense, man. Like that's good. Those people are sadists, but they don't mess around. Right. I've never had to do PT. Um, Keep it that way. Which I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for. But you know, it's it's good. It's good for you. I mean, it's technically it's technically good. It's like the uh, <laughs> doesn't feel good. I'm sure. No, no, the therapist was saying like she had mentioned that she was impressed because elbows are a notoriously difficult joint to rehab. Yeah. Just be just because the there's so many moving parts and there's small bones and yada yada yada, mm-hmm. and she says you know and people just don't do the exercises that they're supposed to do and I told her well it's gonna suck one way or the other <laughs> right yeah and I mean like it'll it'll suck less if in the, long in the long run because you know this way I theoretically will get movement back in my arm <laughs> right which is important. Um... Moving on through life, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, fun part is I'll probably get to do it all over again next year when they take the plate out. But that's neither here nor oh. there. Michael, hit me with the beer brag. Beer brag. I have a kind of a multifaceted beer brag, beer boast, beer... I'm talking pub trivia, basically, Ooh. Jeremy. This beer brag stems from a pub trivia victory where we won a case of Capital Pilsner. Dios mio. Yeah, a case? So 24 bottles. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, like a case, a, a true That's case intense. of beer. Yeah, and so I've been enjoying those for like the last three weeks or so. Um, they're great. Um, Capital, their forte is making more authentic style German beers. Mm, fitting. So it's it's perfect, you know, for to get a Pilsner from them. Um, interestingly enough, I read an article about them too, kind of a little side note here. They recently acquired a, I can't remember how many barrel, I want to say 18, that seems kind of low though, but an experimental fermentation brewing unit. Okay. (laughs) Way off on my terms. I'm not looking at the article right now, but so they actually have not had a new beer release since the last three years. Okay. Which when you think of all the styles and stuff that have come out in the last three years, you're really doing yourself a disservice for not like keeping up with the trends mm-hmm. or it might be like a three three of these and one is going to be experimental brews one's going to be putting out brews that they previously had but can no longer run just due to space limitations mm-hmm. and the other one is going to be oh, i can't remember but more like modern day type beers i believe mm-hmm. like juicy ipas and stuff like mm-hmm. that so they're going to have some new releases coming out soon. Here's the problem, though. Okay. They shut down Pub Trivia there. <laughs> <laughs> so now, like, the main reason why I went there is gone. So that's why, yeah, it's a bittersweet beer brag, because um, that was the penultimate trivia night there that we won that brew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, th- th- that's it. No more trivia there. So uh, I got to find a new trivia hovel. And uh, They do it, like... Up to 20 times a week down here between here, oh, North yeah. Liberty and I Iowa mean, City, so just drive down here. <laughs> the problem is, I'm kind of, first of all, you obviously want to be close, ideally. Oh, yeah, um, now you bring it up. 
And the the thing is, I really liked it was the geeks who drink trivia. Uh-huh. Uh, the other trivia that seems to monopolize the area is, it's called like America Pub Trivia. America's or Pub like Quiz. Yes. And the format of that just bugs the hell out of me. Really? Because that's the one yeah. that uh, we wipe out people on that. Really? Yes. Maybe it's just where you play matters more than anything. Because every time we do that, first of all, I don't like handing in the paper every time. The thing, though, it always seems like that last question where you have to wager uh-huh. and you can lose a whole bunch of points, it always seems to come down to that. Like, if you do good on that, you're golden. And if you don't know, if you're guessing or don't know, you're SOL. That, that wager bothers me, I guess is what I'm saying. But Have you uh, have you won the gauntlet? What's the gauntlet? They don't do the gauntlet with your America's Pub Quiz? I'm not, not in the locations I've been at. So maybe, maybe it's a local uh, quirk. But basically, the gauntlet is on the back of your sheet where you can, like, have your scratch paper, and it's got the rules and, like, keep track of what you have point-wise, etc. There's a big number one and a big number two. You fold the sheet of paper in half. It's it's basically dis or dat from you don't know Jack. Mm-hmm. And so he gets one member of each team up there, and he's like, is it dis or dat? And then you go until you uh, until one person is left. I've won it twice, mm-hmm. and it's it's nerve-shredding. Do you get a beer then? You you, you get win? ten points. Wow! Ooh. Yeah, well, that's substantial. It, it's it's made the difference the two times we that I have won that. Well, with this geeks who drink too. The other thing that was nice is that there's six opportunities during the quiz to win a free beer. Mm. So that's always a nice little bonus too. If you get one or two of those, it's like oh yeah, that great. <laughs> they used to do that uh, geeks who drink at back pocket, but not so much anymore. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I just really like that format. But alas, there is still other Geeks Who Drink locations, but they're like further away. But anyway, stay tuned on where I go for pub trivia <laughs> in the near future, I guess. Stock Michael. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh. So that's my <laughs> beer brag boast lamentation. Jeremy, what do you have for a beer? I have Oregon. Oh, that's right. Let's get into it. I need to hear. I'm super curious about Oregon. Okay, so last week I did the uh, Alaska beers of my recent trip, but that's neither here nor there because we also went to Portland. And I mean, is there anywhere that you would rather go for beer touristing? Touristry? I don't know. There or Colorado, but Portland's weirder, so. Portland is weirder. Uh, So basically we started off, it's it's not as intense as it was in Alaska, just Mm -hmm. because, you know, they don't have draconian rules. Um, oh, yeah. But I did a lot of flights while I was in Portland. Uh, started oh. off at the Rogue Brewing Company at a tap house on Flanders Street. Classic. Um, I lost it, gin, to my fiance while we were playing that. Okay. But my flight, she, I was told that I needed to uh, include that. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but anyways, uh, we started at the Rogue, as I told you. And because we can get Rogue anywhere, like the base beers, they're yeah, pretty sure. standard. Uh, I went weird. Yes. And so the first flight I had was uh, the Mom Hefeweizen brewed with rose petals. Hmm. Couldn't really taste the rose. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was okay. Good Hefe with, you know, it it felt like someone had rose petals in an adjacent glass, basically. Okay. Also had their Flanders Fruit Cake Ale, which was a Flanders brown with what I presume are stone fruits. You know, you could replicate that in a beer well, just that fruitcake taste, I bet. You could. Um, I I don't but have... But did they? <laughs> I don't have a ton of experience with fruitcakes, but this one was oh, weird. Man. It almost felt like a Flanders brown with, like, lactose. Oh, in it. interesting. It had that weird sour cakey flavor, too. Uh, it, it was really weird. 
I don't know if I liked it, but I would have it again if only to like try and hammer down what I was thinking about it. Okay. Um, also had the Combat Wombat, which was picked <laughs> out by the fiancé because I lost a gin. Um, uh-huh. It's a sour IPA. Okay. Brewed with blood orange and grapefruit. This one was probably my favorite out of the uh, the first flight there, just because I was not expecting the sour. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it feels like with a sour, like a Berliner Weiss or something like that, you get the, the smack right up front, and then you get like the, uh, you know, the beer backbone to it. This was the other way around because you had the a big old smack of hops right in the middle. So you get the hops first and then the sour and it kind of is like ah. And then mm. as you as you get used to that striking feel to it, you can pick out like the the blood orange, the grapefruit. It worked out really well. Last one was the Mojo Smash Ale, which was this weird roasty IPA. It wasn't quite like an amber, like a hoppy amber and it was not a dark IPA. But it was like a red IPA, almost spicy. I really like that one as well. Huh. Okay. Went to Lucky Labrador Brew Pub in Oregon because it has dogs on it. They did not allow dogs in the building. There was a good many... (laughs) There's this like dog crap all over the walls. Giant pictures of dogs, like wood carvings of dogs. If you like dogs, you need to go here. But they make it very, very clear that they're not welcome in the premises unless they're a service animal. So that was that was weird. I had thought there was going to be dogs in there. I had the Super Dog IPA, which was a pretty standard Northwest IPA. Nothing special, but okay. Uh, second flight was McMenamins. McMenamins. I referred to it as McGurgner's uh, West at the time. Right. Um, it was. I had this at the Baghdad Theater slash pub. It's like an old movie palace styled theater classic classic except uh we would have seen a movie there but it was playing solo and i think we talked about it last week maybe Mm. i've just been shouting about it to other people i i'm not i'm not terribly interested in it right yeah Um, but i had i just went dealer's choice on this had the 33rd street ipa which is an american ipa solid the uh the ruby which was a, a standard golden nail with raspberry puree in it there was probably the best one that sounds good the hammerhead pale ale which was uh, is a standard pale ale the red riser ira was an amber is kind of the same thing but their black rabbit porter and terminator stout really kind of brought it home so a six beer flight is unusual i think that is yeah i would say so but it was it was priced well i had the cold press coffee ipa at the other rogue brewery that we went to Oh. So coffee IPA, Michael. Okay. That, that turned out pretty well. Did it work? Okay. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Much like all the other stuff that I had from Rogue, the balance was spot on. Hmm. Um, That's good. On the word of a coworker, I went to Cascade Brewing Company. Michael, have you ever heard of this place? Uh, No, I don't think so. Every single one of their beers is barrel-aged. Oh, okay. And they go weird. Um, They're all sours. Sours and barrel-aged. Yes, so oh, I had man. I'm I'm just gonna rattle off the ones that I had because okay. they're really good and to be honest with you uh, I'm not so good at telling them apart well, except for the winner okay anyway okay I Go had on. the uh, Shiso Sour Red Basil Ale okay which is not a red beer but the one that is red is the one way or another a red sour of some sort mm-hmm. I had the Bee's Knees a honey based sour which was unusual. Stockholm is where the tart is, 
which was a Goza, just excellent. And all of these beers had at least 4.25 for me. And when you go weird, like sours, you run the risk, in my opinion, of having just all the same. Right. If that makes, it's just, oh, it's like, oh, yep, sour. How sour is it? Right. Um, Right. But they did a really good job of using the, I'm assuming they are adjuncts, to spice it up. I mean, when have you ever had basil in a beer? Yeah, I was going to say, that's very striking. That one was really good, but the five-star winner of the of the Cascade Barrel House was, and I'm going to butcher this name, Pish Fume 2017. Um, oh. I believe it means smoky peach. Fume. Fume, I don't know. I think so. It's got the little arrow over the E in pitch and the okay. accent over the E in fume. But okay. uh, basically, they made a beer that tastes like uh, grilled peaches. Whoa. So it's smoky, sour, and peachy. And woody. That sounds very nice. It was it was the best one because the uh, the sweetness of the peach and the smoke really kind of cut through the sour. And at the same time, the sour was cutting through the peach. Uh-huh. The sweetness of the peach and the, the smoke. Um, the perfect balance. Yeah, nice little triangle of, of flavors there. It was bizarre. But, Michael, the, the main topic of conversation, probably the one I'll remember the most, is Rainbow Rain from Deschutes Brewing. Oh, Deschutes. You, okay. I, I hit up one of their tap rooms while we were there. <sighs> yeah. Oh, man, you're reminding me of how many good organ breweries there are, too. Yeah. They are freaking everywhere. Like, where there might be, like, you know, taco stands in other cities mm-hmm. or places to get a hamburger or somewhere with a hams sign in the window. That's what it's like for craft breweries, and everything that I had was really good. But the reason why I will remember Rainbow Rain from this trip, R-E-I, Rain, is uh, it was brewed for Pride, because we were there shortly before Gay Pride weekend, Mm -hmm. and hence the rainbow. And it's a Brute IPA. Oh, yes, you gave me a little heads up about Mm -hmm. this, but you didn't tell me anything, so what was this all about? So... From vinepair.com, we have an article about the Brute IPA beer style. Quote, I think since IPAs have taken a foothold, people are now pushing the envelope in different ways, end quote, says Joe Karowski, senior brewing manager at San Diego's White Labs. It seems that a natural evolution to me that brewers will continue to innovate within styles that they made popular in the first place. Now IPAs are getting a, a parenthesis, another close parenthesis makeover. Champagne-inspired India Pale Ales, dubbed Brute IPAs, are a sparkly, spritzy rebuff to those bitter bombs of previous years. Born in California, Hmm. Brute IPAs are in some ways the West Coast answer to the rise and now national footprint of New England's hazy IPAs. I see. Brute IPAs are extra effervescent, pale yellow, perfectly clear, and intensely aromatic. They are also huh. bone dry. I like that. Often finishing at or below zero Plato, the scale that brewers use to estimate finishing dryness in a beer. Dryness of this magnitude requires the use of an amylase enzyme that helps the yeast fully break down any residual sugars oh. left during the brewing process. This, mixed with an emphasis on dry hopping to avoid bitterness while bumping up the hop aroma, is what causes Brute IPA's signature mouthfeel. That is very cool. Very innovative and very cool. It's crazy. I got it because I had never heard of a Brute IPA before, and they said it went on the menu about like a day and a half before we were there. I think it's probably just on the West Coast at this time, if I had to... Because it's very pretty new, right? Like this year, late last year, it was kind of 
Didn't it come out of like San Francisco or something? Uh, right? I'm not sure, but this article that I'm reading is five days old as of today. Okay. So I had this beer before this article was posted. So you you're know. right. But it's it's bizarre that it really is effervescent like champagne. It's it's a very refreshing mouthfeel. Like they say, there's no bitterness, there's no haze, there's none of that super super sweetness to it. I'm not sure of the hops that were used in Rainbow Rain. I'm going to vamp while I figure it out. Uh, here we go. Deschutes Brewery. Brewed exclusively at our Portland public house, which is where I was. There you Limited go. release. Brewed IPA. Dry and effervescent. Fruity hop profile. Hints of white wine. Let pride shine. Alcohol content of 7.1% and an IBU of 40. Okay. These brewed IPAs are going to be dangerous because that did not taste like a 7.1. I was going to say, that's pretty strong too the, the fizz really masks you know any any of that it really does finish like a, a white wine that's super dry hmm. it's it's bizarre and i encourage you all to uh seek it out if you can find one yeah i've not heard of any main well to shoot's obviously mainstream but any bottle distribution of a brute ipa mm-hmm. that i'm aware of it might take a while for that to come to fruition, but um, I'm sure eventually it'll make its way over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, I have an American Pale Male Male Pale for you. Ah, yes. Uh, yes, I think we even teased this last week. But we what? may have. Uh, so several weeks ago, good gravy, uh, 20 days ago, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Mike uh, tweeted at the show's Twitter account and said, Similar to Steve's quest for a Pilsner... I recently wanted a good lawnmower slash yard work beer and settled on a Surly Plus One, which I've had, it's very good, which was described as an easy-drinking, classic-style golden ale. He continues, While I like the beer on its own merits, I didn't really like it as a lawnmower beer because it had a bit of a bitter finish, and I wanted something more simple. My request slash demand, APM determines the ultimate lawnmower beer for the summer, and he wants Steve in as a co-host. <laughs> is it a pilsner? Maybe. I was just thinking that a Kolsch could be a perfect companion to a hot days and hard work. Maybe even a Hellas or a Sour. Or could it even be Gasp a microbrew? Make this happen, my dudes. Or maybe I could do this as a special correspondent, I guess. <laughs> so I put this out on my own Twitter feed, which I shan't give out here. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it's really hard to find. <laughs> but I got a surprising amount of reaction to this. Michael. Oh, yeah. Oklahoman of the show Nick says... My preferred lawnmower beer is either a fairly mild sour or, as was suggested, a macro light lager. Say what one yeah. will about an ice-cold Bud Light, but it goes down smooth as AF after mowing the lawn. Fair enough. Also been heard in here, it's like a Goza from uh, someone who only goes by blanks, I don't know this person, says, a Goza is the platonic ideal of a lawnmower beer. A Goza? I don't... I guess I can't knock it until I tried it, I just never really thought of... The sour and the goza strike me as a little too, I don't know, too uh, too much um, like acidity to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, something a little cleaner. It's also come up, he said, I've, I've, uh, Oklahoman of the show, Nick, also says, I've bounced around different IPAs for su- and such for this, and the hops just don't work when you just inhaled eight tons of pollen and are covered <laughs> in grass clippings. Yeah, you've got enough of your vegetative material for the... Uh, for the afternoon with a lawnmower, so... Cousin of the show pipes in by saying, yeah, there's definitely loggers that would be better and worse for your lawn care needs. Wheat beers are also generally good for hot wheat. work, too. Uh, wheat? Yeah, that's another... That's a very good suggestion. The Iowa Beer Blog, run by, I believe... He's at Iowa Beer Blog on Twitter. I highly recommend you follow him if you're in the state and need to uh, keep up on all the new releases and what have you. Uh, 
Don't forget a cream ale, but I go to High Life when it's hot and I'm really thirsty. Oklahoma of the show responds with, High Life isn't outstanding. It's too hot for existence out here. Beer. What do you think, Michael? Uh, those are all very good suggestions, some that I never even thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the cream ale, that made me be a little too much mouthfeel, but the... I really like the wheat beer idea. I mm-hmm. think that might be a good spot. Otherwise, your lager, uh, a microbrew lager, I think is another good call. And these people shouting out the um, even the macros, they, I think, that's a very good situation for one. You know, you kind of with the going with the right with your heart idea. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a time and a place where almost any beer on the planet will uh, fit a need. So agreed, uh, almost any beer, but yeah, and I think those that might be the time and the place for it. yeah. But yeah, wheat I like a lot. That's a great one, and uh, the micro lager. I think those two are the ones I'd have to agree with the most there. See, I don't know if I need to recuse myself from this discussion because I don't do any yard work. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna go with hammock beers, and I'll I'll start working uh, on that. There you go. Because now that I can get back in the hammock, I, I plan on doing so. Yeah. The Pilsner, and to the lesser extent, a Kolsch might have a little too much hop in it. Mm-hmm. It's it's not your IPA hop, but that noble hop still leaves a lingering taste on the palate. What about Lemon Trail? That's why we brought this up in the first place last That's week. That's why we brought it up last week. I think, Maybe. yes. Well, Lemon Trail is nice, too, because it's, as people suggested, a sour. You kinda kind of get that of. fruitiness. Yeah. But Lemon Trail kind of skews the acidity. Uh-huh. So I think that's, that's, that's a, good a reasonable idea. one, too. Yeah. That's great, Jeremy. I didn't realize we got so much feedback. Yeah, I didn't that. either. I was surprised at how quickly that took off. I guess uh, people that follow me on Twitter are in that age where uh, having s- opinions on such things are important matters. <laughs> and maybe we'll have to do more research. I don't know. Um, if you're listening to this and I didn't say your name, chime in. Well, maybe we can do a blind man birthday dance or something like that. For we'll an make you go out, prune a tree or something like that, and then come back in. <laughs> oh, if you want to make it official yard work. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you know I do it, but I, I'm not supposed to lift things for another couple <laughs> that's weeks right, yet. That's right. Or, Mike, as you said, you know, I know it's hard work drinking all those beers, but mm-hmm. um, if, if, if you want to do it, we won't stop you. Yeah, go for it. But, yeah, thank you, Mike, for that. Very good mm-hmm. topic. Very apt. Well, Jeremy, I th- actually, this week's FDR might have something to add to that co- this conversation anyway, too. So, it might. Um, it's, it's possible. It is. So we'll see. That's why we're, we're drinking it. Another reason why we're drinking <laughs> it. Um, but, Jeremy, well, what is the FDR? FDR is wherein we find a beer, drink a beer, and then, you know what? We rate that beer. It's been the, the cornerstone of the show, as one might say. But... Uh, <laughs> Michael, what do we got this week? Something that you obtained for the That's trade. That's right. We have this week from Magic Hat Brewing Company, Zirkus Boy, German-style Hefeweizen. These, uh, these books I'm reading make me a little uh, nervous about the Germans, Michael, and especially the word Zirkus. Uh, I was going to say, bad yeah. Bad things happened in those places. But you know what? It's in the past. Well, this is, it's interesting you say that. So this is actually a, a counterpart to a beer called Circus Boy. Interesting. Which is an American-style Hefeweizen. And so it, actually when you get a six-pack of this, it comes half Circus Boy and half Zirkus Boy. Mm. Um, I was debating whether or not we should 
double down on it, but then I thought, oh, let's just do the German one and start there. And if we want to get into the Circus Boy someday, we can. But uh, Circus Boy, get into some flavor text here. At first glance, Circus Boy's German Freund, Circus Boy, appears to be Circus Boy's delicious doppelganger, unfiltered, unfettered, and unmatched in his liquid jest. However, upon further inspection, pronounced German Hefeweizen yeast esters of banana and clove are present as they swing over the slightest hint of lemongrass. Uh, Hmm. 4.5 ABV, 15 IBU, and we even get an SRM of 6 in these stats. Okay, so the uh, So I think the the difference is the yeast. Okay, that's the question. What makes the uh, the difference between American and German? Is it just that banana clovey... Uh, spice. Well, this is unfiltered too. So when you reading the circus boy description, it's very oblique. It's not very forthcoming with what it is. So the circus boy, this is the description for that. Again, the American counterpart. Is he a who or a what, or perhaps some of both? No one knows for sure. As he travels under heavy clouds of night away from his cage, he appears in the distance causing mischief all around him. So that's more like the backstory of the fictional Circus Boy character more than it is the actual beer. (laughs) Um, The stats, I will say, are exactly the same. Mm 4.5 ABV, 15 IBU. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, Circus Boy, we're not getting a good comparison there. But we do know that uh, it at least has a different yeast, it would appear. Indeed. So, I mean... I mean, this looks pretty clear as I look through the bottle. Right. I was going to say that too, but let's open it up and All right. get an actual... Oh, yeah, and the uh, Magic Hat um, bottle caps always say something on the reverse side. And mine says, keep friends close, beer closer. Mine says, never let Levon play encores. Do you know who Levon Helm is, Michael? I do not. He excellent. sounds like somebody you would know a lot about. Uh, I don't know a ton about him. I know that he is a musician. I know that he was in the band. He's excellent. As in, like, the night they drove old Dixie down. Uh, the wait. No? Nothing? No, nothing over on this end. You've Sorry. heard the wait. The take a load off. Oh, that's called the wait? Yeah. Take a load on me. Or whatever. Oh, I don't know. W-E-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Put that weight right on me. Yeah. And, and, and. I went the down to Nazareth. I was yes. looking about half past dead. Yeah, I'm, I deserve a lamp basting for this. Uh, <laughs> uh, what glass are you using? Because I have used this occasion to break out my not as utilized as I would like Hefe glass. The hammer. I think this is a Hefe glass. Yes, that's what I have. It's very effervescent. As far as being unfiltered, I guess if you kind of hold it up to light it, there's a little eh. obscuredness there from... Nah. I'm not particles, buying it. But, but it's not, yeah. I mean, technically, centrifuging is not filtering. Filtering, <laughs> I guess, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you'd expect, like, yeasty chunks Yeast, to be floating yeah. around. Where's the goobers? Yeah, and I, even, like, putting the dregs in there, I guess I'm getting a few dots of yeast in there. Actually, maybe I should really kind of shake those in, because it is a Hefeweizen, after all. Yeah, I may have poured this incorrectly in that case. Does it say anything on the bottle about that? Uh, it does not. All right. I don't think, no. Okay, good. Well, then, technically, it's the beer's fault. <laughs> no, I really had to, like, shake up and down mm-hmm. the dregs here, and I only got, like, a few drops of yeasty goo. It's good. 
Oh, you tried it already? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about you going? Um, this is oh, fair enough. I don't know if this would be a good lawnmower beer. So yeah. I don't know how well yeast would go with like refreshing someone. Right. It's like you're not this... exactly going to have a blonde fatale or a triple right. after a long, hard day's work. This is yeasty. It's very yeasty, and and that's a good thing. I agree. In some ways, these hefes, when they're like at mm, six or above, they can feel a little bit too thick. Right. Whereas this one is clean is the incorrect word because it's incredibly yeasty. So like yes. you, you you get those that banana, that clove, that classic hefe, the classic taste all over your tongue, and it just kind of stays there. Mm-hmm. But it's not heavy. But it's, it's lighter. Uh, yeah, it's not clean, but it's not heavy either. So yes. it has a crispness to it that I think would lend itself to a lawnmower beer. That's true. It does have a very crisp uh, finish to it. The other aspects, though, are just yeah, a little too weighty on the tongue for a lawnmower beer. But otherwise, I think they're great. I continue to be struck by the uh, the lightness of this. It's It's a very bizarre mixture of qualities, mm-hmm. in my opinion, anyways. Look, it's very flavorful, but like the body is, and the malts are pretty light. I'm enjoying this quite a bit. I don't know if I want more or less of the yeast, though. You know what I mean? Right, because it's hard to pick up on some of the more subtle things in there, maybe. I mean, Um, this is basically just a showcase for the yeast, right? I would say so. There's no real, like, Saz or Noble Hop business going on in here it's just it's like no like if if this had like a the sapphale 05 yeast on it this would be the most boring thing on the face of the earth (laughs) you know what i mean yes i definitely yeah if it was just straight ale it would be almost a um it would be a good oh hey light beer it would be it'd be a good first ale to make in your garage if you could pull that this off with like the basic yeast and be like huh i did a good job all right now what yeah, right. And it's 4.5, so it almost has the APV of a light beer as mm-hmm. well. The quality I like about Hefe's, when they when they do this, sometimes they don't, is the aftertaste is, I really like it. It's like it leaves a real kind of crisp taste in your mouth. Um, it's hard to describe without just saying, oh, it's uh-huh. that Hefe taste. And maybe that's what it's coming down to. I mean, this is a pretty solid Hefe. I mean, what we kind of attribute Vihedens de Fauner. As, like, the gold standard Hefe. And mm-hmm. I think this yeah, does a pretty good job on it. I think it's a little heavy-handed. Not necessarily bad. But no, just, just more. Not, yeah, just more, yeah. It's a good American version of a German classic. This is... Ha-ha. <laughs> I have it. This is, uh, this is the beer version of the movie Hereditary, Michael. <laughs> okay. Follow me on this. Okay, okay. Uh, so I'll I go s- on the journey. W- without telling anybody anything, because this is a movie that lives and dies by what you know about it going in. So if you are at all curious about it, do not watch a trailer. Just go watch it. Trust me on this one. If you like horror movies or thrillers, it's fantastic. The ending might lose you. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say that. It, okay, yeah. It it, uh, it can be read as a metaphor, and I'm sure it is a metaphor. I just don't know what it is yet. But there is no room for questioning as to what is actually happening. The reason why this beer is like Hereditary, and I'm going by the seat of my pants here, so bear with me. <laughs> okay. Is that you, you say this before coming to the exact conclusion. Maybe. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, this is... 
a beer where I thought I knew what was going to happen going in. Mm. I like the fact that I didn't know it. I like that it is, you know, a low ABV. It's clear despite allegedly being, you know, an unfiltered <laughs> beer. I like these weird aspects that don't quite jive with what I expected out of the style. That said, I'm not going to be surprised if someone else doesn't like it. And that's why it's like hereditary. Uh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I can't believe I, was... I pulled that one out. Holy <laughs> crap, I was worried about that there. I was going to say, Jeremy, you have mentioned on the show you're not a huge fan of Hefeweizens. I'm not. I'm, I'm, but... getting, I'm getting there more and more each time I have one. Right. Well, that's good. Well, didn't we have one just recently? Boo-boo-boo-boo. I don't know. I have yeah, our little whatever. chart here. Oh, Oh, the other half of Ison we had recently was, well, Brow Packed. Oh, that that's right. I just had another one of those the other night. I had a mix six and I took it to Steve's. I made him try the Hemperer. Oh yeah, what did he think about that? It's not as pungent in bottle. It's not near. It almost is like a Heineken. It really is. Really? Yes. Oh sh. Ooh. So go for untap. Oh yeah. I mean, you you might get pulled over. <laughs> but, but but yeah, I would recommend on tap if you can find it. Maybe I just happened to get it when it was fresh. Who knows? Okay. Ratings, Jeremy. All right. Uh, do you want me to go first? Should you? I don't know. Don't care. I'll go first. I right. think I have something in mind. Um, let me just go for a quick SOJ here. Right. So I'm a pretty big fan of this style and this kind of domain of beers. Hefeweizens, Vit beers, wheat beers to a lesser extent. So I do like this a lot. Um, and the thing is, you don't see this style too much. I mean, it's not really pushed that much, except in the summertime, which makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to see it even year-round. I like that style that mm-hmm. much, these styles that much. Kind of, you know, comparing it to the Weihenstefaner. <laughs> ugh. Just gotta make sure I say that right and don't sound like a fool. But by saying it right, I'm sounding like a fool. Kind of. Oh god, I can't win. Which I think we've had on the show a long time ago. I probably rated it too low. Oh, we totally. We I know we have. I I was on the show when we did that one. No, you weren't actually. No. Jeremy. It was in the uh, Christmas like first year of our, the pod, the Christmas blowouts. What do we call it? Like. Jesus drinks a beer. I don't. I don't know what it was, but um, Santa's going to hell. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, the twelve beers of Christmas. That's what. It was. That's what it was. We had it then. I've had that beer multiple times since, and I like it more and more each time. And this one is a pretty good approximation of that. Again, it's hard to. It's a, it's, it's an American version of a German classic. Yes, I'm gonna give this again, leaning hard on the fact that I like the style, a four point two five. Interesting. And. I'm curious about your rating. I think you'll lend a little more balance to the rating, um, but probably. What, your, what is your take? Yeah, um, I'm pretty proud of this whole. It's an American version of a German classic thing, so I'm going to run with that. Okay, uh, I think that's a good take. Uh, have you ever heard of Rollapulse, Michael? I don't think so. Okay, I'm sending you a link here, and I'm not sorry. It's a food. My grandparents on my mom's side are Danish. Well, we're Danish. May they rest in peace. Is this another analogy, Jeremy? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, I'm all over the analogies today for some reason. So grandparents were Danish. They grew up in the largest Danish community in America. Percentage-wise, per capita-wise, it was like, you know, 
1,500 people in, out in western Iowa. But uh, Rolopuls is a traditional Danish cold cut, a piece of pork belly. It's flattened down, spread with herbs and seasoning, chopped onions, and some variants in parsley. It's then rolled up and placed in a brine for a number of days before placed in a special press, cooled and sliced thinly. Um, you put it on rye bread, and it's friggin' delicious. Now, mm. you can't find Rolopuls anywhere. It looks weird. The name alone is yeah. foreign to me, yes. Uh, there was one butcher shop in Western Iowa that did it, but then they stopped doing it. And so now, after that happened, my grandparents were left to approximate it, which is really, really hard to do. Yeah, I can imagine. You that's, see where I'm going with this? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Touche, touche, right. go on. Yeah, that's go right. On. Making a German Hefe without the, you know, yeast since 1040 or whenever. <laughs> the pedigree. The, yeah. It's it's going to be difficult, and but this beer does a good job approximating it. I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm all about all these analogies today. <laughs> it's striking. It um, works. Yeah, it works. Um, I I I'm torn on this one because I really like the way that it Americanizes it without losing that distinctness that makes a hefe a hefe. I feel like the lightness of it, the crispness of it, the. Uh, just the lighter version is kind of an American version of this beer. It's good. It's not great. I like it, but it's it's standard. I'm going to go 3.5 on this one. Okay. But I do like it. I encourage you to try it if you can find it and you like the style. That's perfectly cromulent. Thank you, Michael. That word's been added to the uh, Oxford English Dictionary, by the way. <laughs> I, I think I saw that. But, uh, well. Yeah, another one down the gullet. Michael, hit us up with the uh, the social media plugs. Yes, APM Pod on Facebook, Twitter, APMPod at gmail.com, APM Pod on Untapped, where excellent question asker and topic bringer upper Mike keeps up with our ratings there. And uh, yeah, you can follow us there to keep tabs on what we are rating all these beers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, subscribe. What else do you do on the iTunes? Rate, review, <laughs> if you want to do that too. On that there, uh, iTunes, eh? Yeah. 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 Oh, a special um, thank you to a, another podcast, Chair Shot Podcast. I like it. The Chair Shot Podcast, or wrestling podcast, although it's more of a almost a diary of these three mm-hmm. young men's lives, um, who gave us a few shout-outs on their show. So I just want to holler back at them for uh, shouting out the American Pale Males podcast there. Oh, Really? Yeah, it's uh, some people I know who put together a little wrestling podcast. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Cool. And I sent it an email. They're like, oh, yeah, he does that American Pale Males podcast. Somewhere. Well, welcome if you've uh, come from that. Yeah, by chance. Stick so. around, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. Uh, for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers! <laughs>